We've realized that putting 200 plus keywords in a campaign, Amazon just starts to not show them all, whether it's because they're budget capped or their algorithm just doesn't display properly with that many in there. It really started to show that it doesn't show them all. So we had to come up with some other way to structure things. Look at some of your sponsored brand campaigns. Look at all your keywords within there and start breaking them out into these segments. Ask yourself what keywords go together, what angles are similar. Take those, build campaigns for each segment build unique headlines for each segment as well, and then track your performance over time and just compare that to what it was previous, and you'll likely find some new pockets in there that can drive some additional revenue. D2C marketers, let's get real. How many hours have you wasted searching for brand influencers only to come up empty-handed? It's time to stop spending time searching, scrolling, and haggling with influencers and start using creator marketing with hashtag paid. With Hashtag Paid, you can find your perfect creator match for your brand in less than 10 minutes every time. Getting started is easy. Just select your audience, campaign objectives, pick from a short list of creators, and hit run. It's just that easy. There's a reason why Hashtag Paid is the number one rated influencer marketing platform for D2C brands. As a D2C listener, you can even get credits for your first campaign. Just go to go.hashtagpaid.com slash DTCpod to get started. Hello and welcome to All Killer No Filler. It is Wednesday. My name is Eric and I'm here with our Amazon ads team geniuses, Rob and Clifford, to discuss a few things on their mind these days. Uh, When I got your notes about what we were going to chat today, we're really diving in with uh, keyword and campaign segmentation on uh, on Amazon ads. Can you uh, lead us off, Clifford, with with what you're, you're diving into these days? Sure. Um, so all of Amazon ads are obviously based on, they're all keyword based. So a lot of the typical approach to do things is to just find all of your main keywords and throw them together into a campaign. What we've been always been in favor of segmenting decently. So segmenting out branded compared to segmenting out your competitor brand names to segmenting out your like generic high volume ranking keywords, things like that. Um, Into their own campaigns to be specific, right? These are into their own standalone campaigns. Yeah. Into their own campaigns, because in the end, you're going to have a different um, goal for ROAS and efficiency for like a ranking keyword as you will for your own branded keywords, which of course you'd want to perform a lot better. Um, So give me an example of how we would structure a campaign previous to, to like more recently. Sure. So you'd have, let's say, uh, my favorite example of Nike. Uh, so if you're Nike, I hope this isn't like a legal, we can say Nike, right? Oh, we can say Nike. In fact, we okay. want Nike to come on as a client. So we're trying to say Nike as much as possible. <laughs> Perfect. Um, so if you're coming out with a new basketball shoe, let's say it's red and white and you're Nike, you'll have a whole segment of keywords that are Nike related. People are searching the word Nike and something else. And so you'll have a whole segment of branded keywords. You'll also have a whole segment of keywords that are like shoes, basketball shoes, running shoes, all of that. Call them your generic keywords. And then you'll have competitor names like Adidas and New Balance and these kind of things. Um, Those will call them your competitor keywords. And then you'll also have competitor ASINs, which is for product targeting. Uh, same thing, but you'll just have like um, your branded ASIN, so your other products, because you can target 
and there's ads on product pages on Amazon. So you can target your own products as well as targeting your competitors' products. You'd separate that out as well. Specific products, um, Amazon serial numbers, essentially, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so that's how we used to do it, uh, which I think is still more segmentation than is standard across most of the industry so far, at least from what we see from incoming clients that we do audits on. And how many approximate terms would be in each of these sort of segmented campaigns? That's a good question. It's very dependent on the industry and on the category for sure. So like Nike's going to have a lot of branded searches just from being Nike. If you're a much smaller brand, you're going to have next to none. Um, so you might not have a lot there to go off of. Um, and in shoes, I'm sure there's a million different ways that people search for shoes. But if you were something um, maybe like a water glass like maybe the water glass market, people only search like four or five different ways to search water glass. Okay, so that makes sense. And so what are we doing differently than this? Because we were already doing a bit of segmentation, we call it broad segmentation, but it sounds like we're segmenting segments now and getting even more segmented. Yeah, <laughs> so as we've come into more, let's say larger clients where we've, They've had a lot more keyword volume, a lot more segments, a lot more products. We've realized that putting 200 plus keywords in a campaign, Amazon just starts to not show them all, whether it's because they're budget capped or their algorithm just doesn't display properly with that many in there, we're not sure, but it really started to show that it doesn't show them all. So we had to come up with some other way to structure things. And with that, we started to segment all of those segments individually even further. So with that same example, if you're talking about branded Nike, you'll have Nike as a whole, people searching Nike, Nike apparel, Nike stuff, um, but not specifically shoes. So we'll call that your generic branded, that'll be its own segment. Then you'll have Nike shoes as its own segment. Then you might have Nike basketball shoes as its own segment. Um, Nike for men, Nike for women. You might have like seven, eight different segments of different ways people are searching for your brand name. Um, and the reason to segment them out is one, so they all show. Two, because you, again, with the similar to the generic versus branded discussion, you'll likely have different goals and different expectations for the Nike basketball shoe branded segment compared to what you have for the Nike specific or just Nike general branded segment. Um, so with that, it changes the way that you alter your bids inside that campaign for those keywords because you'll drive likely to higher bids in the Nike basketball shoes and likely to lower bids in the Nike generic terms. And efficiency is really the name of the game uh, in, in Amazon these days. That's what, that's what people are kind of thinking about when it comes to ads. How can I make my campaigns more efficient? Yeah, it's something that brands on a, we recently hit up a couple of conferences and it's something that I was asked multiple times by brands is, is how to improve that efficiency within Amazon or how to decrease costs. And it, that's, I think the ultimate goal of this segmentation is visibility and control for greater scale and efficiency because you can see what is working and you're willing to spend different amounts on different segments because they might be worth more. A good example is like branded versus competitor keywords. If you can get a conversion on a competitor keyword and steal a customer away from 
a competitor, that's worth a lot and you're willing to spend for it. Whereas a branded term, you still want to spend, but it should be your highest efficiency. And then ultimately you're balancing all your different segments for varying efficiency levels to hit your overall efficiency target. So you might be running branded at like 10% ACOS and you're willing to run a ranking campaign up over 100% because it's worth it. But overall, you're balancing the account for a target efficiency level that's comfortable for you for scale. And the more in-depth your keywords are, like if they're looking for the material that might be on those Nikes or, you know, high top polymer rubber, red and black Nikes, that keyword is worth so much more if you've got that product. So why not bid on it? Very true. And what it lets you do with your, um, so you can definitely do this with all your different ad types uh, and Clifford can comment more on this as well, but like, you, what it lets you do with your sponsored brand ads, for example, is tailor your headline to your keyword as well. So if you're bidding on basketball shoes, then have a headline that talks about basketball shoes. There's a million different examples, but that extra level of customization just speaks to what the customer is actually searching for. Uh, and having those segmentations lets you, lets you do that. I'm fairly green on Amazon ads as a, as a product. I've actually never run them before. Um, and so Clifford, you were mentioning that this level of segmentation is something that you will often do on sponsored brand ads, but you're actually starting to get to it on individual products as well. Can you just, just for the listeners out there, just explain the difference between sponsored brand versus sponsored product ads. Sure. Yeah. So Amazon ads as a whole, you have like four different steps instead of an Amazon ad. So you'd start with picking first what, type of ads. So you have your sponsored product ad, which are the ones that show up in search results and they look like all of the rest of the search results, just with a little sponsored thing underneath them. Sneaky. With the wrong brand, with the brand you didn't search yeah. for often. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You're like, how did they get in here? Um, yeah. You have sponsored brand ads. And so these are the ones you'll see at the top of search that look a little bit more like an ad. You'll also see them at the bottom of search, look a little bit more like an ad. And also the videos uh, inside search results as well are considered sponsored brand ads. A lot of the time they're called sponsored brand ads because you'll usually have a branded logo in that ad as well. And when you click on the headline or the image, most of those will also lead to a branded store page. So hence they're more brand specific rather than just one product specific. Uh, and then sponsored display ads, which kind of run Amazon as basically a display network itself and will show kind of all over the website and follow the individual consumer rather than the keyword a lot of the time. Um, but after that setup of the initial ad type, you pick the product that you want to advertise as the first step of setting up the campaign. And we all, <laughs> to double down on segmentation, um, this exact same thing that we're talking about will segment every single product as well. So a common thing that we'll see that potential clients do when we start auditing their campaigns is they'll come in and they'll just have a campaign that's advertising like nine different products to say Nike branded. Maybe that's all of their basketball shoes to Nike branded generic. Um, what can happen there is a lot of the time that'll only show once that like campaign will actually only take up one spot in the search results. Sometimes auto campaigns can do something different, but for the most part that only shows up once. So when someone then searches Nike basketball shoes, they'll only see your one ad for whatever shoe Amazon decides out of those nine that you're advertising is most relevant to this customer. Instead, we'll set up nine different campaigns, all advertising to Nike basketball shoes keyword, but each advertising the different product individually. So when someone searches Nike basketball shoes, 
we take up eight different ad spots or nine different ad spots with all of our different shoes in the search results. And then you can tweak bids in there to decide like, okay, I want this one to show up higher than this one and stuff like that. So you can get really granular with it. You're spoon feeding and, and, and like you're spoon feeding Amazon because Amazon, as smart as its algorithm is, is it doesn't really know what your products are or what the, the intent behind them is. So if you can spoon feed the intent, um, Amazon's going to appreciate that and, and make you more relevant, I imagine. Yeah. And that's really what it comes down to is your if you know better than Amazon in the beginning and you can show to its algorithm that you're going to get a stronger click through rate and stronger conversion rate here then your cost per clicks are gonna come down over time with that as well. Uh, just making everything just all the more efficient. It's time to let your customers enjoy the products they love without the friction of reordering. That's why the world's most innovative brands like Pete's Coffee and Il Maquillage rely on order group subscriptions to build long lasting customer relationships and deliver recurring revenue. OrderGroove integrates with all e-commerce platforms, making the experience easy to manage and seamless for shoppers. From enrollment incentives to churn-fighting AI, OrderGroove gives your business the tools it needs to be the next big subscription success story. Visit ordergroove.com DTC to receive two months off your first contract. What impacts have we seen from this uh, meta, you know, segments of segment strategy that we're that we're using here? Have we have we been able to move the needle with it in a significant way? That's a good question. Um, <laughs> yes, is my best answer. Is is definitely yes. We have been able to make especially branded campaigns quite a bit more efficient. A lot of the time, what it also lets us do is spend more on the more generic campaigns where we wouldn't be able to because we get some more efficiency out of those. So we actually just lean further into them and spend more than we might have been able to previously because they are a little bit more efficient. So I wouldn't say they get more, those end up with the higher ROAS, they just end up with the same ROAS, but we get to spend more to generate more rev out of them. Interesting. So, but it, does it impact scale as well? Because I just—that's one thing I worry about segmenting all the time. When you segment, when you segment down on some platforms, you end up kind of reducing your scale. It sounds like that's not the case on Amazon, though. I would say in this case, it's actually letting you increase scale because if you had too many keywords in some of those larger campaigns, there's a bunch of keyword segments that weren't getting spend. By separating them out, there's dedicated spend getting to them while you're still spending on the original segments. Uh, and then you can dial in efficiency separately and then sort of scale further from there. Uh, so to Clifford's point, like sometimes you can get higher efficiencies, which was happening with branded, but with generic, you know, certain generic segments kind of convert the same row as, but by separating them out, you're having more spend at the same efficiency, but that results in more revenue overall uh, and then greater rank and everything down the road. And again, it allows you to make the decisions rather than Amazon. If you've got a 200 keyword list, there's a whole bunch of them that just Amazon won't even reference in that in that group. You can then break those out. Uh, Amazon is forced then to, to reckon with those keywords. And then you can make the decision whether you continue to advertise on them, whether you bid down or bid up, right? Exactly. Um, Rob, so like what practically, like this is, you know, this is a lot of uh, high level information for people. What practically do we recommend people like brands who are listening to this do to sort of audit their current approach? Yeah. So the, the easiest way for me to look at it would be look at some of your sponsored brand campaigns, um, start there and then 
look at all your keywords within in there and start breaking them out into these segments. So ask yourself what, what keywords go together, what angles are similar, what's something that's you can group them somehow. Take those, build campaigns for each segment, build unique headlines for each segment as well, and then track your performance over time and just compare that to what it was previous. Uh, are you getting more spend? Are you getting more efficiency? What keywords are getting spend that weren't getting spend before? And you'll likely find some some new pockets in there that can uh, drive some additional revenue. I'm just envisioning, it's funny, this takes me back to my search engine marketing days um, back in the 2000s. And uh, the, the spreadsheet architecture that we were creating to kind of you know, manage these keywords. Like what, uh, you know, from a man uh, with his hands on the tools there, Clifford, what, what is this like to manage this level of, of, of segmentation on uh, Amazon ads? I'm glad you asked, Eric, because that was going to be my number one downside of segmenting everything way too much is it does become a bit of a headache to deal with because now instead of one campaign, you have seven and you expand that out across your entire product catalog and now you have 600 instead of 20 or something. Um, so it takes a lot of filtering to be able to manage well. So like a lot of what we'll do is you can do it within Amazon's bulk ops or you can use different uh, software suites to, to do it that help with PPC management as well. But you can usually look at all of your keywords at once filter by things like ROAS, filter by your spend, filter by where your bid is at, and then make adjustments like that. Because all that is great, but if you're not actively managing the bids to push them towards your goals for the campaigns, then there's no point in doing this in the first place. So like having that as well as using some sort of automated bid optimizer on top of everything that will make the small daily tweaks to your bids across each segment, across each campaign, uh, because doing that manually when you have, I mean, if you had nine different basketball shoes and you made nine separate campaigns all targeting the same thing, you're talking about having tens of thousands of targets at a certain point. Um, you can do all the filtering you want, but it becomes a nightmare to manage manually. So you use some combination of I, th I think software can be useful for these types of automations, making like a small change towards a target ROAS when you have the data to back it up. But most of the time you'll want to make like filtering like, oh, these keywords all have above a four ROAS. My target has been a two. Let's jack up the bids on these by 20, 30% right now. Whereas a bidding optimizer will move them by like 1% at a time really slowly. So that manual intervention to make the much larger changes helps you get to those different targets a lot faster. And it, it, it's funny, you had another point here about how grouping your keywords like this can also help with data cleanliness a little bit because, you know, likely you're going to have the same number of keywords in these segmented campaigns or a similar amount as you would have in previously in these larger accounts. So there's, there is probably an aspect of being able to see, okay, this keyword grouping is getting this ROAS. You probably get more sort of granular data on how the keywords are performing at a glance, even though you do have many more campaigns. Would you say that's true? Yeah, and also naming them well, like getting your the segment that it is inside the inside your naming convention makes it really easy and it's really nice. Like I think people underestimate how nice it is to be able to just go to your ad console and see it without having to click into things. I think you ignore a lot more if you have to click in 
to see the ad group or to see the keywords and then think about it. If you can just go to the ad console and you see your campaign and you can just go to the search box and type in like basketball and see all of your basketball shoe segments right there, really quickly look at them, type in generic and see all your generic segments like that. That kind of quick ability to assess, I think is really underestimated. Cool. Nice. This has been great. I, I just keep seeing uh, the Amazon team growing. Uh, more people coming, uh, more more team members, more more clients coming on. So that's absolutely great to see. Uh, you mentioned Nike uh, as a call out. It's funny on our last TikTok podcast, we did a call out and we're like, "Hey, is, you know what I think would work? A watch brand. Let's if any watch brands are out there listening, let's jump on board. Let's get let's get some TikTok stuff in the in the hopper." And then a watch brand reached out to us and and we're t- we're chatting with them. So is it Nike who you'd call out, Clifford and Rob? Any brands you'd call out listening to this that you think we'd like to to be managing here at Pilot House? One that comes to mind that uh, actually one of, uh, I think Seth on the team has always wanted a cleaning brand, like an eco-friendly cleaning brand. Um, and there's some really cool ones out there. So if, if any of those guys are listening, uh, would love to get into that space. Uh, down off Clifford's got it. Got yeah, managing Nike's product catalog sounds like an absolute nightmare of like all of the different sizes it, <laughs> of each shoe. Oh my Lord. Yeah, it's funny. I've, I've just been, I was just searching. I just bought these Nikes, uh, not on Amazon and just searching um, for a specific kind of shoe, a specific kind of size, getting, you know, and then being like clicking through and being like, oh, I'm, I'm on that product. And then, oh, it's not in my size. Like, because not many, because Nike has not done the segmentation that would make it a good experience. So Nike, if you're listening, come make Clifford's life hell and, uh, <laughs> get hyper segmented across all your channels. That's cool. And I, and I think cleaning brand is a great shout there too. Rob, I, I'll just have to I'll just have to hit up uh, Ryan McKenzie uh, from True Earth. We'll have to get him on Amazon. I, I think that would be a good fit. I also wanted to ask, what was the last thing you guys bought on Amazon? Do you guys buy on Amazon? Is it a regular part of your life? Somewhat regular, yeah. I bought a pair of shoes that I'm now returning because I've got I I, I bought some Reeboks that I don't like, and I'm returning those uh, to the Nikes oh, I did. I bought a Moroccan poof because I needed a, a poof for like a my reading nook. It's actually dope. It like came up, like you just fill it with, and you, you get a, a bun, rid of a bunch of old clothes in the process because it comes empty and you just got to stuff it with something. Nice. And it's like, so you just purge your closet and you get a poof. It's oh great. man, talk about upcycling. Love the sound of that. Yeah. Uh, Clifford, anything to call out there? Mine was a pour over uh, coffee maker. Recently came into a large amount of mushroom infused coffee that I had to start trying out and I didn't have... I use the I use the Keurig cups, so I wanted to try all the different ground coffees. No wonder your insights are so on point. You are microdosing. I knew it. <laughs> Thanks, guys. This is a lot of fun. Uh, if you want to work with PilotHouse, go to PilotHouse.co, fill out a form. Amazon team is standing by with uh, more great insights like this. Cheers. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. If you're not a subscriber to our newsletter, you can do that right now at directtoconsumeralloneword.co. I'm Eric Dick, and this has been the D2C Podcast. We'll see you next time.